Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the Chicago Sports Podcast, coming at you, coming at you live from Nashville. The Chicago Sports Podcast is brought to you by Goose Island. Goose Island is the official beer of CHGO. You can find one of their Chicago locations at gooseisland.com forward slash locations. What's up, everyone? Hey, hey, hey. I feel like this is like Groundhog Day. I am Kevin Kaduk, not Bill Murray. <laughs> Uh, I'm head of content at CHGO. Joined today, as always, Herb Lawrence to my right, Andy McDowell, is that what and Andy was? McDowell, <laughs> aka Luke uh, Stuckmeyer, to my left. Andy's a little bit better looking than you. A little bit yeah. more Ned Ryerson. Yeah, you. I am. More, thank you, Ned. Ned Ryerson. <laughs> People don't know that. Uh, it's been quite a few days here at the Gaylord Opryland Hotel. Uh, we're still kind of waiting for things to happen. It does seem like some things will happen. Uh, Juan Soto, it seems like we're moving towards a Yankees resolution there. It seems like that trade is finally coming together. I would not be surprised if that happens in the next few hours. Uh, but apart from that, I don't know necessarily if we're going to see another big name come off the board before we leave here uh, tomorrow. It hasn't been boring. It's just been slow, right? Like there hasn't been a big story, but there's still been the anticipation of everything that we showed up to Nashville hoping would happen. You had the best player in all of baseball available in the free agent market. You had maybe the arguably the next best young baseball player in the entire game available on the trade market. Mm -hmm. Then you had the best available Japanese pitcher available via free agency and everything else after that. So all three of those, it seems like finally Soto is done. Okay, finally one has happened. Mm -hmm. But I saw on the uh, Twitter the other day somebody in in Toronto saying the best player in this and the best player in there both they're both can being considered and and pursued by the Blue Jays. Yeah, they've been both have been pursued by a lot of teams. Yeah, that's the problem. We've been sitting here waiting and we're waiting for that domino to fall, and and maybe Soto will will push some of the dominoes or maybe some of the news if the Cubs have found out that they are out on Otani now. Mm-hmm. Maybe other teams will start pursuing pursuing other things and scott boris has spoken so now we can all yeah, we were all in the uh, the scott boris scrum that's always an interesting site here at the winter meetings and uh like, like you mentioned that the otani stuff has been crazy we had i mean the, so far all the drama has been about cubs reporters kind of oh, not, uh, it's uh just jesse rogers yeah. and kind of go, going at it with bob nightingale and back and forth and you know trying to parse why jed hoyer was was mad at bob and and, and all that stuff it's like oh man 
and it's been so secretive the whole yeah. thing has been so secretive um yeah so we're just going to wrap things up here we've got three shows uh today from the Opryland hotel to, uh, right now the, the chicago sports podcast then around 2 2 30 we'll have uh the white Sox after the rule five draft and then cubs at, at four o'clock and then hopefully we're going to wrap it up tear this thing down and finally hit broadway that's going to be great. And think about this. The Rule 5 draft is going to be happening like right in front of us. The room that they did the MLB draft lottery is now been transformed for the Rule 5 draft. So all during this show, we'll be having executives going past us who are about to be picking up some players maybe. And hopefully the White Sox will be in there because this is the type of markets as they picked up Eric Fetty last night from the KBO. These are the type of markets that Chris Getz and the staff should be delving into it as i said yesterday since they're not going to be at the top of the market for the rest of the pitchers get these people who are available to the white Sox, and maybe they can do something with them as they are it seems like they're stacking starting pitchers and so there's a lot of starting pitchers available in this rule five draft that they can use for next year i did say it wasn't boring because we'd have the anticipation but if you had told me coming to nashville that Eric Fetty signing with the White Sox was going to be the biggest move that we had covered, yeah. I would have said, uh, leave me at the airport. Well, that, that actually brings me to this week's Taking Care of Business Award, powered by ComEd, and it goes to really no one other than Eric Fetty. Uh, he is the new signee of the Chicago White Sox. He is the only Chicago baseball player who's been uh, signed here. So credit to, credit to him. Big of him to do that. Yeah. Uh, totally <laughs> copying Cody right here. Um, did you just become Cody Del Mendo? I oh, did. Sorry. I did. It's uh, I, you spent so much time. Yeah, yeah. You know, just it just was bound to happen. But Eric Fetty, look, he did, did not have a great start to his uh, uh, Major League Baseball career. Went over to Korea, worked on his stuff. You know, add, added some movement to that slider, ended up becoming the MVP of of the KBO, and now he's able to come back to the states, earn a two year, fifteen million dollar contract to uh, you know try to bring something to that White Sox rotation. So, this week's Taking Care of Business Award goes to Eric Fetty for securing the bag here at Nashville. Not an easy task, not at all. Like uh, I was kind of surprised the White Sox were in that market initially. But as I said, it is the perfect market for the White Sox to be in. Uh, can't hurt, might help. Seven and a half million each year. It's going to be you know inexpensive to get him. And maybe he's a top of the rotation arm like uh, you have in Merrill Kelly, who did the same thing that he did and comes back to the major leagues and becomes a, a player that uh, people really think of. And I just want to highlight Brian Bannister, who is the White Sox director of pitching now, newly hired tweeted last night after the signing that Fetty works the same facility as Logan Webb in the offseason. He also added a new same sweeper split change arsenal as Logan Webb did, and he did not use these pitches in Washington where he was before he went to the KBO. And then he followed up with Ethan Katz and I, Brian Bannister, both with Webb when these adjustments were made. So Brian Bannister is a big-time proponent, and he was part of acquiring this talent in Eric Fetty, and you see the the success that Logan Webb has had. This is the type of pitcher that they're looking for with the sweeper and the, the split change, trying to induce ground balls, trying to induce weak contact and strikeouts. And these are the type of pitchers that they're looking for, missing bats all the time. I find it very fascinating and great that a person that high ranking in the White Sox uh, system is tweeting out That's pretty why he wanted this pitcher yeah. right when the signing happened. That's great. 
Yeah. Brian Bannister. He, uh, he's always kind of been into, obviously he's always been a very analytical mind, but he's even when he, during his playing days, he liked talking about, about everything and, and talking about his opinions and on, on baseball things and, and mechanics and everything. So, I mean, hopefully that'll he'll be a great addition to the organization. Um, and look, as, as podcasters, as journalists, we always welcome transparency. Are we uh, ready to declare the White Sox winners of the winter meetings? <laughs> not quite, uh, we not gone quite. To, Herb, what kind of grade would you give the Sox so far? They, they got Betty and they got a top uh, five draft pick. Um, that was bad for the yeah, White Sox, right? getting the top five draft pick. I know it sounds weird, but it is. But um, good, good winter meetings for the White Sox as no activity for most of the teams here. If we're degrading on the curb, they get an A. They're the winner of the winter meetings. And we've been here as White Sox fans, the White Sox winning winter meetings in the past when they got David Robertson and uh, Jeff Samarja, Mel Cabrera. We mean, we know how that turned out. So winning the winter meetings is a White Sox tradition unlike any other. But this one was just, you know, shrug your shoulders. It's a it's a good signing. Nothing uh, that's going to splash. Maybe by the time we're here next year with the winter meetings, we're like, man, Eric Fetty signing. God, what a great thing. They just <laughs> got the Cy down. Young Award winner or yeah. something like that. Well, I actually have some a, a quiz on past signings for you guys that we'll oh, do a little no. later in the show. No, and the one, the one thing I got from putting it together, it's not always the biggest money deals that, that pay off the most. So, I mean, you, you don't know that what can happen. Obviously, we come here. We love seeing the, the big paychecks that, that people like Shohei Otani and Cody Bellinger are going to secure. But when it kind of comes down to it, it's like, how do, how do you spend your money at the, at the bottom of your wallet? That, that can make just as big of an impact as, as the top because baseball is a team sport. You've got 26 players. You know, you can every, – every one of them matters, right? And yeah. every one of them has to stay healthy for 162 games to, to make an impact. And, and you just go from there. So it's really going to be interesting to see what, you know, someone like Chris Getz does in this position where he's not coming – um to these meetings armed with a war chest he's not did not just sign a manager for eight million dollars he is coming into a difficult situation where he has to prove himself to a fan base that is not entirely in tune with uh what the organization is doing you know through no fault of yeah well i'd say some fault of his but (laughs) um but obviously it's a difficult situation for for him to be in so so to come in here and find someone like eric fetty and and some of the other the, the moves that he's made, you know, early on, to me, it's somewhat. I don't want to say promising, but I'm a little bit more open minded than I was before. It's yeah, a- and I'm shocked that he actually has done the things that he's done as a first year GM, who I've criticized heavily because of his, you know, you're, you're talking about there his involvement on this failed rebuild. He was the farm director for this team mm-hmm. so he has you know blood on his hands if to use a, a phrase <laughs> for this failed rebuild but i had low expectations for him and so he's exceeding my expectations but they were on the ground mm-hmm. so maybe they're just elevated a foot up off the ground but i'm shocked that he's doing a, a pretty solid standard job as any major league general manager i was expecting some like turmoil i was expecting some like jumping out to trade dylan cease as soon as he can but no, he's holding his cards to tight to his chest, and he's doing a decent job in his first month or two as as a White Sox general manager. And they, they won sixty one games last year. Yeah. Obviously, it's not that hard to improve from sixty one games. Right? Correct. It's not. It's not hard. What, what would be a good improvement for you, Herb? Um, wins wise, like if you go from sixty one to seventy one, 
I know it doesn't sound great, but yes, that's a 10 game improvement. And in the AL Central, I don't know if you have a chance for the playoffs, but you're only probably nine games off yeah. the pace. So throughout that whole season, you're probably in there and thinking like by July, maybe five games out. And you're thinking, okay, maybe the White Sox can do some things as far as moving ahead and trying to get to the AL Central top. Or if you're five games out at July, you can say the Dylan Cease market's back open if you don't trade him here in the winter right. meetings or in the offseason and say, we're not going to catch the Guardians, put in any AL Central team you want. So this is the time that we pay off on Dylan Cease and get a boatload of people because there are a bunch of teams that are wanting him and desperate for the, the services of Dylan Cease. And you can get the players and the team and the, the players you want back from those teams because they'll be more desperate at that time. But part of the problem is the expectation from the fan base is so low, right? Like, oh, yeah, we know we know the White Sox aren't coming here to look at Yamamoto or Otani or trade for Soto or any of it. You, you, you go into it knowing that baseline, whether you like it or not, trading Dylan Cease would be the biggest thing the White Sox could do or not do. Mm -hmm. But you know, okay, so they got Fetty. I hope he does great for the White Sox. I really do. But, I mean, that's vanilla ice cream without sprinkles, guys. <laughs> like, let, let's not get too excited about it. The bar, the bar is so low for what you expect the White Sox to do in the offseason. It's like, it, I mean, they signed Ben Attendee. And it was, ooh, the big move. Come on. Like, the, the bar shouldn't be, we shouldn't be talking about Oh, oh, they got Eric Fetty, and, and he's in, he's got a new sweeper. And we also shouldn't be talking about Jerry Reinsdorf running off to meet with the mayor while he's here in Nashville. Like that's that's comical too. And on the on the other side of town, it's just as I don't want to say the Cubs are disappointing yet, but they are flirting with the same type of disaster, if you will, <laughs> that they did last off season. Last year, it went down to the bitter end, and Jed admitted. The shortstop started coming off the market. They made a big play for Bogarts. They made a big play for Correa. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. They got Dansby. They, they saved face by getting Dansby. Now, it turned out to be financially maybe the wisest move of the bunch. Like last it, for one season, for value, Dansby was a yeah. really good pickup. But he admitted it came down to the end where he thought, I don't know if we're going to get one of these guys. I came into this winter meetings and this offseason for the Cubs saying, if they don't get Otani, if they don't get Soto, or they don't get Bellinger, one of those three guys, okay, added to their lineup, mm -hmm. it's going to be a massive failure. Because I don't see the other path where they're going to improve their offense enough to make them a legit playoff team. I know they were only one win behind the Diamondbacks who went all the way to the World Series. But you feel like they need that big bat, and I don't know where else they're going to go get it. I couldn't agree with you more, Luke. That is the very definition of going to get Craig Council. Like, you go and get that big-time manager and then match him with a big-time player. I don't know if there's a bigger player out there if you don't get those three players you named. Maybe you turn your attention to getting Dylan Cease. I brought this up on the Sox uh, broadcast. Getting Dylan Cease is a good thing for the White Sox, and I think they have enough players to acquire that talent of Dylan Cease. So the Cubs need to be active. And if they do lose on the Otani, Otani sweepstakes, which it looks like they're going to do, and they lose on the Soto sweepstakes, which it looks like they're going to do, they have to be very desperate to sign Cody Bellinger and pull out all the stops. Because if they don't, the Cub fans like Cody, like yourself, like other people around here are going to be disappointed. 
Craig Council, great get, but why why do we need an eight million dollar manager just to manage the team that showed up last year? Exactly with less of a player with Cody Bellinger, who was your best player last year. Well, I think the fear, one of the fears for Cubs fans, and there's always fears because that's what we that you know, that's what we do. We we go pessimistic usually right out of the gate, is that they hired counsel to get more out of less, right? Because yeah. that's what he did in Milwaukee. Now the hope was for the other side of it is that he could get more out of less, but then also get the big bankroll and it is the perfect match. Now we don't know how that's going to all play out, but it's the offense that's the problem with the Cubs. They still need two starters. We know that because Stroman's gone, and they needed an extra starter last year. They didn't have enough pitching. It ended up being their doom. But we've taken, at least for now, you've taken Bellinger out of that lineup, a lineup that wasn't good enough. Yeah, they what did they uh, sixth most runs? Okay, but it wasn't a good enough offense. It wasn't just about runs. It was too many peaks and valleys, and they need another big bat. So, yes, they still need to get those two pitchers. But just as importantly, maybe more importantly, they have to at least stay level with where they were offensively with Bellinger. And so right now, the only option is to hope that they can sign, at least it seems this way, hope they can sign Bellinger and he can play the same way he did last year, which is going to be expensive. So going back to something you said a few minutes ago, flirting with disaster. Hmm. I think we get a Molly Hatchet, the official song of of the 2023 uh, Chicago Cubs offseason. Well, I mean, they won 83 games. They've lost Marcus Stroman, Mm -hmm. Cody Bellinger, and they've changed managers. If you look at it right now, how it is, and I know they've got lines in the water, but the lines in the water so far, every time they reel them up, don't have the worm (laughs) on it anymore. Yeah. And there's not there's nothing left. So they have lines in the water. But right now, as you look at the team, there's no way you could say they're an 83 win team. I don't believe it. And their only thing they're making news for is their executive VP of baseball operations yelling at a at a journalist here at the winter meetings. That's the news pubs have made. Jed Horror yelling at uh, Bob Nightingale. About something. It could have been lunch. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, we're we're gonna talk about what about the wax blur here in Nashville. First, though, I'll tell you, Midtown Athletic. Midtown, we love you. We miss you. We can't wait to get back to you. Midtown has four Chicago locations. Palatine in the northwest suburbs, Bannockburn in the north shore, Willowbrook in the southwest suburbs, and Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park, right there on Elston. Midtown Palatine has launched that multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which is going to be complete in early 2024. Our listeners can lock in favorable construction rates if they join before the end of the year. So if you're considering it, do not wait until your New Year's resolution to get that done. Let's go out there, get it out of the way, get yourself an early holiday gift. Because Midtown has something for everyone, single people, families with kids, people looking to make lifestyle changes. And, you know, as we keep on saying, Herb, it's the nicest fitness club by far that we've ever been to. It's country club. Yes. I don't even call it fitness club. I call it country club. And there's something to do for the entire family. Uh, they have got childcare, um, you know, which is important to to Luke, to Luke and I. Um, you can drop off your kids there, and and they'll watch while while you go come back ten out. hours later, and they're still there. <laughs> <laughs> I think there may be a limit. On oh, yes. I don't want to pro- overpromise there, but um, they also <laughs> got that. You know, if you do want to uh, hang out in the super luxe locker rooms, get a sauna, yeah. get. A, Get a steam room. You can do that while you know you're surround, kids are, surround kids are yourself in towels. Exactly. 
many fluffy towels. white towels, many as many towels as you, you want. want. Yeah, stack of towels around. We're running out of towels at the Airbnb. We need the we, Town Athletic Club to bring in their yeah. their cart of towels. Anyway, uh, Midtown also has the best tennis courts and programming in the sport. They've got indoor, outdoor tennis, pickleball, and paddle tennis. And you know that it's always USA, USTA, professional quality all the way. Head over to midtown.com forward slash CHGO to find out more and to schedule your tour of the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. At game time, they believe that you shouldn't worry about when you're buying your tickets for your next event. Game time has the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I always travel to ballparks. I've gone to 20 so far. When I do, I use game time because I know I'm going to get the lowest prices guaranteed. If I don't, they have the 110% guarantee so I get my money of the difference if there's a lower uh, fee on a different place. I did that last year in Atlanta, got the tickets, checked the secondary sites. Only one had a lower price, sent the email and sent the, uh, the screenshots to game time. The difference was in my account within 12 minutes. That's how good the customer service is at game time. Like I said, last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. You have it all at game time. See from uh, the view from your seats as you're going to a game at Wrigley or Fenway. This is vital. Game time gives you what you're going to be looking at and how the view will from your seat will look like. All in prices are very important to me because you know exactly what you're going to pay with game time. Buying tickets in seconds with only two clicks. That's all you need. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after the event starts. It's the place to go for last-minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And with zone deals, you pick the section you want, and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. What you need to do right now is take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account at game time. Redeem the code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Wow, that was that was beautiful. You guys made me want to go to the gym and buy tickets to something at the same time. You can do it. Surround yeah. myself in towels and maybe buy some Sebastian Maniscalco. Hey, n- Northern Illinois and uh, Northwestern are in bowl games. Go to game time. They have them there for you. All right, we are here at the Winter Meetings in Nashville. It's our last day, and we're talking about what the Cubs and White Sox may have learned while they're here. What do you think the Cubs are, are going to take away from this? We, we don't know a lot about the Otani um, we, you know, situation. We do know that he wants secrecy and that most everyone not named Dave Roberts is operating within that request. But what, what have they learned yeah. Wow. Um, that it's not as easy as just showing up and, and hoping and I'm not saying they did this, but it's not for the, for the fans that are out there saying, go get this guy, this guy, and this guy, the process has a timeline that you don't always dictate, Mm -hmm. especially if you're not just going to say, here's $800 million, which we know they're not going to do. So when you're that team, you have to be creative and you have to have backup plans. Now, we hope that 
if they are indeed out on Otani and the Soto deal is a, is official with the Yankees, then we hope that those backup plans are are ready to be amped up. Because my belief was always that until Otani happened, they had to wait for two paths. One path was we're going to spend five hundred plus million on Shohei Otani, and then we've only got this little bucket of money, or we're going to not do that. Now you're not just because you were willing to whatever you were going to spend on Otani doesn't mean that same amount of money is is available in road number B path mm-hmm. number B but it, it still should be a healthy amount of money for fixing the team and hopefully you are ready to you've you've laid the groundwork at the GM meetings at the first few days here so that as soon as that happens you are able to act quickly so that you're not left sitting on your hands I think they already knew that but if they haven't they've certainly learned it now yeah do you think that do you think that they're going to have to readjust their expectations on the flight home? They probably were going to have to do that anyway. Even mm-hmm. if, you know, even if you got uh, Otani, they're still even if you were to sign Shohei Otani, which now seems very likely to not happen. Uh, there still was a lot of work to do on this team. Like I said, you still needed you still need mm-hmm. two starting pitchers, one a frontline pitcher because Otani is not going to pitch this year, and you still need a middle of the order bat. Now the, that you would have fixed with Otani. But who's playing first base? Who's playing third base? Mm-hmm. What's Christopher Morrell going to do? Like, they still have a lot to figure out. And I think it's probably, I don't want to say it's unfair, but I think it's very, very, very unlikely that even three quarters of those questions will have answers by the time you get to spring training. Yeah. If their their hall is headlined by, let's say, Reese Hoskins, Tyler Glass now, what's, what's Cubsom's reaction to that going to be uh i would say not great not the glass now part but the part with glass now is that it, it's a one-year rental yeah you know and, and hoskins likely would be a one-year maybe i mean maybe he'd take a, a multi-year deal but my guess is he's looking for a bellinger type bubble deal that gives him the chance to reset the market for next year so when he shows up here right there's a big bidding war for him those would be one-year fixes so that that doesn't really solve anything for me, and I don't know that his bat his bat has gone from like twenty eight homers to seventeen home runs. The end right. of the season um, for some of these guys uh, that they're talking about replacing with not great. So, eh, I don't know what their path is. I, maybe if if Yamamoto is not too expensive, that at least is a multi year fix. I don't. Right. I don't love the. The, the Hoskins is just kind of like a premium, uh, you know, stab like, uh, you know, uh, elevated version of Mancini or Hosmer, right? Yeah, and I'm here's. I, I don't hate it. I'm not saying I hate the move. Mm-hmm. It's just that other good moves. It's like Bellinger last year. I didn't hate the Bellinger move, but I wasn't raving about it. I was saying, okay, I see some upside there, and if you make other moves that are really good, aka Dansby Swanson. It makes it okay because now you fixed you fixed part of your team for the future. Reese Hoskins doesn't fix your team for the future, so I don't love the idea of every year coming to the winter meetings and rolling the dice on one year gambles. Right, because you hit the lottery with Cody Bellinger and, and on that, that roll the dice the first time. The, the what are the chances? Of you, yeah, the chances of you doing it every year are not very, very good. Slim, very slim. And I think too, like people compare the Reese Hoskins deal to the Cody Bellinger deal. And I, I bristle at that because Cody Bellinger is a past MVP rookie yes. of the year. 
and he was 27 at the time. So it was worth the gamble. And I tweeted out as such, it's a great move for the Cubs, a low risk, high reward move for Cody Bellinger. Now, Reese Hoskins, decent player. It's had some good success with the Philadelphia Phillies, but it's not the same as the Cody Bellinger move because you know that Cody was trying to reestablish his market and he was a young player where you know that he was trying to get back up to the level that he was before. Reese Hoskins, he gets back to the level he was before. What does that mean? Does that make the Cubs infinitely better? Mm, fine. It's fine. All right. But Cody Bellinger, that move last year was the exact move that teams should be looking for in the Cubs, especially. And that's why they get to go all out this year for Cody Bellinger. Like, took out all the stops, do whatever needs to be done for Cody Bellinger. Even if you need to bring up, hey, man, we were there for you when you were down on your luck. And we, uh, oh, you offered, know they are. We offered you a yeah, life raft. You know they are. And now you're yeah. back up on the boat. In a yacht, think about us now. Come on, come on back. Hoskins also isn't even remotely close to defensively what Cody Bellinger is at multiple positions. Mm-hmm. So that that that's not going to, if that's a, a trade-off that happens, that is not apples to apples. That's apples to cherries. Which one's better, Luke? Apples. Ooh, cherry erasure. Not good. I know my fiance Courtney, would love that. Shout out to everyone joining us in the chat today. Christian says, we have learned nothing from the winter meetings. Gary says, we learned the Cubs will have bad offseason. Come on, Gary. It's only two days. Heading into three, but it's a long offseason. Long, long offseason. Hey, I agree. If the Cubs come out and their biggest free agent acquisition is council, terrible offseason. Yes, yes. Yes. Again, it's not over. Um, Herb, what did the White Sox learn here? Uh um, they learned a valuable lesson. Uh, uh, they're in markets like the KBO, like they had never been before. Having these players or having these people in the front office, like Brian Bannister and Josh Barfield, giving them a different perspective than they probably would have in the past with Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. So they've learned that their general manager is a steely guy. He's, yeah. he's listening to the people he hired to do their jobs, and he's acquiring talent that the White Sox need. Yes, they're not at the top of the market. And yes, this move might not work out. But as I always say, this move and all the moves that he has made so far with the Aaron Bummer five to one trade, they can't hurt. They all can help. Right. The the White Sox had a dearth of starting pitchers, both at the starting at the major league level and through their minor leagues and their triple A. They had like two pitchers, starting pitchers in 2022 the whole season. This is a move like getting all these starting pitchers with Schuster, Soroka, getting Fetty. It's it's filling out the whole roster of the major league talent. And then you can have people like Nick Destrini be in the minor league. You can have people like, um, I'm just blanking on his name right now, but uh, Jake Eater, who you got in the uh, Jake Berger trade down in the minor leagues to have some depth down there. And so when a pitcher gets hurt, like Michael Kopech off does, you can bring up one of these guys who is ready to pitch for the major league team and not have that much drop off. That was the White Sox problem depth at the starting level, depth at the major league level, all those things. So they learned that having depth is not a bad thing, and having those middle to lower free agents is a good thing to level off your club so you're not at the bottom of rankings in the major leagues and the minor leagues. I think they also just learned a lot about the value of Dylan Cease. You come here and you have 29 other clubs um, that you can theoretically talk to, right? And they are, are all within. They're down the hallway. They're on the next floor. They're in the bar. They're in the restaurant. You can have those conversations. So I think they came in here knowing that they have a very valuable trade ship if they so choose in Dylan Cease. 
And I think once they've had these conversations, they can say, okay, well, we know this is, you know, how the Reds feel about them. This is how the Dodgers feel about them. You know, maybe this is the Orioles or what the Cubs Cubs feel about them. And they can go forward and look, I mean, the winter meetings, it's set up. It's a two, three day event. It's sexy. It gets headlines. It gets us down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so much of it is about just being a starting point. And, and when you control someone like Dylan Cease, you can go back and now start pitting these guys up. And, and as, as the market starts to develop and other guys start start um, falling this way and that and start falling out of the equations or being options for teams, now you can start squeezing it and start getting a little bit more. And you've got a guy who is going to be cheap, who two years control, and if you wanted to make that move, you can do it. So I think the White Sox go back, and they've got notes on on every meeting that they've had about Dylan. So to me, to me, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, Jerry Reinsdorf uh, has mm-hmm. has notes of, with Nashville uh, City Mayor that came out today that he's he's wow. over there talking talking with the Nashville Mayor. Which I, we're going to talk more about that on the White Sox show on uh, at two thirty. But I, you know. Uh, initial reaction to that. I, I guess maybe I'll just, I, I know what you're going to say, Herb. Luke, what is, what is your initial reaction to that? About Nashville? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Arlington Heights is nicer than Nashville. I'm just going <laughs> to say it right now. I mean, the Bears want to play, you know, a game of chicken. There you go. Yeah. Move the team to Arlington Heights, if that's what you want to do. I, I Listen, I don't think they have a hockey team here. Does great. They have a football team, you know, who that they just gave one point two six billion dollars in public funding to keep them here. Yep. So do you really think they're going to write a check? I, say we're going to write a check to get a, a major league baseball team here? No, I don't. I There's don't. No way. And uh, I, look, Nashville is a very nice city. It's a growing city. I can't say I've been blown away thinking this is a city with a lot, lot of money. Like it, it, there, there's other improvements that need to be made here. Like. I, I just don't I don't know that it there's a lot of cities in Major League Baseball that I'm not sure actually fully support their franchise. Like the Cubs are the Cubs are the unicorn, right? They're they're one of the unicorns in baseball, whether the team's bad or good, you're still gonna get right at least a half full house and on the weekends you know it's gonna be full. That it's that's like it's like rare. the Cubs, uh the New York Yankees, the Los Angeles Dodgers and Angels, Angels still draw pretty well red sox. Um, red sox cardinals phillies have to be good for to, for them to get 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 numbers and so yeah i just don't know how nash i don't know what's this time know how for? Nashville, what's, what's music, Nash, what's, music and what is what brings people here for tourists hot chicken hot chicken and, and bachelorette, bachelorette parties. parties yeah as i said earlier you think becky and them are going to a nashville Sox game you think that hey let's in between between all of our drinking on Broadway, let's go over there and watch a, a mediocre team play Listen, baseball now, in Nashville. Wait a, now, wait a minute. Right there, her Becky and Karen might be just as into baseball as they are into music. Hey, I'll tell you but this, they didn't though. come here for the, the baseball. You can do that in Vegas. Like, Vegas is a sports town now. I consider that a sports town, and people are doing the the comparison of Oakland moving to Vegas from Chicago to moving to Nashville. I was like, that's I came, to, I came to Nashville. I have not had any hot chicken. None. I've not had any interaction with a bachelor party. We haven't gone on Broadway yet. And I've had very little baseball so far. Yeah. So, yeah. It, Other than that, things are going great. It's Jerry doing his due diligence, but it's also, he wrote in the book, and he I think he also talked about it in a sports conference in the 90s. 
what his leverage play is, is the thing that he did in the 80s, in the early 90s, where he gets uh, Big Jim Thompson and the, and the Illinois uh, legislation worried that he's going to move to St. Pete. Yeah, but nobody, nobody in Illinois is worried if the White Sox leave. No, they're not. And, but he's so trying to game, play the, the game has changed on Jerry. Nobody's but, sitting around saying, oh, man, if the White Sox leave, what's it going to do to the city of Chicago? Nothing. But they, think about it. Jerry hasn't changed. He's no. still in that same cocoon of the 80s. And that worked for me last time. So I'm going to do it again. And like you said, Chicago's are like, go get your ass to Nashville. I don't give a damn. And we're not going to build him a stadium. He's a billionaire. Build your own damn stadium. If they want to build a one point, whatever billion stadium yeah. down here in Nashville, I'll never be a Sox fan again and enjoy your Nashville Sox. It's not going to be great down here, but you're moving from a market of 9 million to 2 million. Enjoy. Insane. It's yeah. It's funny that it, that it leaked out. Um, I'm sure he wants it to leak out. Oh, yeah. It's, but it, from a public messaging standpoint, like if you're a PR firm, like, look, man, you just, you're 61 and one one things are not going well with your baseball team or your bas- basketball team. Like whatever, leverage you think you're ginning up here it's probably doesn't really exist yeah Terry's looking at the franchise right now as a dollar sign what eventually can i sell the team for yeah that's it's what it is unfortunately i would think the value of the team would be better if you were very successful or in chicago over nashville yes like who chooses to move a franchise from a world-class city like chicago to an all right city in nashville i don't care what they have down here Chicago, Chicago. It's one of the greatest cities in the world. I'm not saying that by hyperbole. I'm not saying that out of out of tone. That is ranked. Look at anything that you watch. Don't watch all those, you know, naysayers on Fox News. Chicago is a world-class city. To move to Nashville, that'll be the dumbest move any business person would make. He's probably just doing his due diligence and trying to drum up some interest in Chicago. But like you said, it's not going to work. Yeah. Already on Twitter, people are like, Go ahead, enjoy Nashville. We've been oh, down here. With it's all down here is like Airbnbs. That's all it's in. And all the people who move here are transplants from our, other our, places. Our entire block are these buildings that have just been constructed just to be Airbnbs. They're all the same. Yeah. It's not a real neighborhood. Farmhouse looking three flats that go up, and they're all painted white with black windows. Yeah, and, and you all think it's kind of like you think it's kind of nice, and then you kind of it's, but it's not. Let me let me tell. And, and also, just not to bag on. Nashville, but I'm going to. <laughs> Please. The honky tonks are just Wrigleyville in Tennessee. That's all they are. Thank they you. Are, and and Wrigleyville is a tiny little piece of of Chicago. I'm not saying there's not great music here, but I'm going to tell you also, the hot chicken's overrated. Very it's, much so. It's overfried. Take me to Harold's. I'll show you real chicken. <laughs> I'm gonna, you, I'll show you real chicken. I'll take I'm you gonna, to Harold's. I'm going to try hot hot chicken again. No, I've don't tried it, it before. Bad. I was not impressed. But if that's what you're selling. It's not that great. If you want a bunch of batter with a tiny little piece of chicken inside, that's what you're looking for. Well, you didn't go to the right place. You got to go to this I place. Went to Hattie, place I went, no, 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 no. I went to Hattie B's. I've been to Hattie B's. I tried it once, and I was like, that's enough. Well, Luke, you didn't go to Prince's. The best that, thing I I've guarantee eaten, in the, the, best in the thing comments. I've here, the best thing I've eaten here is still. Why, why like, no matter what, uh, whether it's Chicago deep dish or Philly cheese steaks or natural hot chicken, there's always it's never at one place. Kansas City barbecue, you know, Gates versus um, Arthur, Arthur Bryant's. Bryant. Yeah. And there's always two places, you know, you know, uh, Giordano's versus Lou Malnati's yeah, yeah. like and no matter like so you always say, oh, I went there. And then person says, well, you should have went there. But then there's always like that third hipster option. Right. Like 
Yeah. You know, so, oh, you should have went to Pequod's or, you know, for the Philly cheesesteaks, you should have went to Jim's and not Gino's or Pat's. I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but. No, there's always those people. That's why um, late, great Lynn Bramer uh, used to not put off the pizza that he was getting because he would have those people be in those arguments. Oh, you went to uh, Art of Pizza? You should have went to this place. It's better than Art of Pizza. Ugh. <laughs> uh. I did have the pizza here. It was better than you advertised. Ugh. I don't like greasy pizza. It's very um, greasy. You're at the did. hotel? or uh, yeah. uh, It did the trick. It did the trick. You were hungry. Dude, there is a gigantic parade of people going into the Rule 5 draft this right now. This is going to be a draft. And they're all looking at us like, man, Chicago, Rule you guys have the best. Draft. Poor this bastards. Is, you guys have the best hot chicken. Rolling them in right now. It's a parade of khakis. There's a lot of khakis. Khakis and vest. Yeah. yeah. I do like a good vest, though. Still no bachelorette party scene. Nope, nope. I uh, yeah. I must have said free uh, hot chicken in the uh, in ballroom A because the line <laughs> just... <laughs> All right, we've got a fun uh, free agency quiz coming up that I'm going to challenge both of you guys to to uh, close out our time here in Nashville. Uh, but first, I want to tell people about ComEd and electric vehicles because it is getting easier than ever for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. And that is something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. Yeah, the electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs. As we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow, whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So, Herb, what yeah. should business owners do if they want to do this? I am so, gl- I am so glad you asked me. You can go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, infrastructure incentives available to businesses to go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business. Good for the planet. Good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Indeed, I did. Go now. See how electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Very nicely done. Hey, guys, did I tell you right now, if I was... A wager, which I don't believe you can do anywhere. But if you could wager on this quiz that's coming up from Kevin, I would definitely take Herb as the heavy favorite. Now, the good news is... I don't know if you've ever watched me on CHGO White Sox. I lose all those. Yeah, it doesn't go well for him, Luke. Well, I I don't remember what I ate for lunch, so uh, (laughs) that definitely doesn't work well for me. Circus Sports keeps as little money as possible on large market bets. And here's what I love about them. They don't limit players win based on their winnings every player has the same limits unlike other books who limit winning players for instance cody del mendo's rolling up the wins they don't limit him they don't limit him okay and 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 we they encourage bettors to go ahead and download and explore all betting apps available and then go ahead and compare the lines from each sports book but the best part is that they've got They've got actual people. If there's a problem, they've got actual people taking care of it. They're not they're not sending a bot after you. There's nothing worse in the world, no matter what it is, than needing help with something and then having a bot be, hey, Luke, what can I do for you? And then you type something in. They're like, hey, Luke, what can I do for you? You're like, just give me a human. <laughs> human. Circa gives you a human. And all aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circa Sportsbook at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circusports.com slash Illinois dash app 
to sign up today and also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties and tailgates. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Text GAMB833234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Oh, the over-under on uh, amount of people filing in for the Rule 5 draft, you should have taken the over. Oh, my God. we got a Clint Hurdle sighting. It's so many much more than the draft lottery, which was held in the same room. There is a droves of people heading to the Rule 5 draft just to learn. Who's I didn't gonna even get know picked. this many people were here. And apparently, we just saw Tony La Russa walk past. White Sox advisor, I guess. He, he looked well, too. Yeah. It was Bob Nightingale. Bob Nightingale going in. Yeah, Jake Mintz from uh, Sesame's Barbecue. Sesame's Family Barbecue was in the house. Him and Jordan Schusterman do good work for those people. But, yeah, the who's who is here, yep. including our, our guy. Cody Del Mendo's about to walk in with uh, what looks like Bob maybe Nightingale. a ch- hot chicken sandwich from somewhere. Hopefully he doesn't trip over our set. Don't mess it up, Cody. Credit All to right. him. He did not. Uh, sh- Chicago free agency history oh, quiz. Yikes. This is how it's going to work. This is going to be huh? so bad. I am going to name the year. I'm going Uh-oh. to name the length of oh, contract. Oof. And I'm going to name the dollar amount. Oh. You were going to tell me who signed it. Oh, okay. People in the chat should, player. should come out. Yeah, it's a Chicago. I, I will tell you if it's the Cubs or the White Sox. Okay. The year that I tell you yeah. is the first year. So it's like if the person yeah. signed at, uh, let's say, you know, the 2023 meetings. Yep, yep, I will yep. say 2024 because yep. that's your follow. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So you want to do Cubs or White Sox first? There's a assistant general manager, Josh Barfield, walking in right now. Oh. Uh, Well, Herb should be the home team because we're in Nashville. <laughs> well played. Well played. So I, I'll go first. All right. This is going to be. Oh, so you're going to go to the Cubs. Okay. This is so bad. Yeah, I'm the visiting team. Herb's home here in Nashville with the White Sox. Okay. 2008. You want to give you the position, too? That make it easy. Let's no, see, don't, don't see how it goes. Don't embarrass me anymore. Just, just keep it what it is. I want Gary playing along in the 2008. Chat I'm trying to think where I'm at. Okay. 2008, Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. Four years, 48 million. Uh, yep, yep, yep. I got this. That, that's the uh, former White Sox pitcher. No, it's not. Uh, he is a former not. White Sox. Yeah, he's a pitcher. No, outfielder. Former White Sox outfielder in two thousand four years, forty eight million, two thousand eight. So this is the year they go ahead and win the division and fail. White Sox outfielder, not a White Sox. He was he would go on to play for the White Sox. I'm asking you about the Cubs. Cubs signing four years, right? Oh, yeah, no, I know it's a Cubs signing, but my mind is just four years, forty eight million. Guy ended up with the White Sox. Uh, I am stumped too. I do not Cody, know Cody, you know this one? Four years, forty-eight million. Who did the Cubs sign in two thousand and eight? Two thousand and eight. I'm not so he would have, this player no. would have been on a good team. Yeah, he had had a great first uh, opening day. Oh, I got it. Kosuke Fukudome. There we go. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, yeah. I forgot he played with the White Sox, so right. that threw me off. Let's go one year ahead. Another Cubs outfielder. <laughs> this is going to be so bad. Three years, $30 million. Oh, that's uh, Milton Bradley. There we go. 2001. Four years, $23.5 million. One of the most reviled Cubs signings in history. What Three, was the amount? Four years, $23.5 million. I don't think he even he didn't see the end of it, I don't think. Four years. I got you. Most reviled. Who is it? It's reviled. I'm thinking Jeff Blauser. Nope. Ah, damn it. 
four years. It's before Marlon Bird. Which uh, position does he play? Obviously, Milton Bradley was catcher. They paid big money for a catcher one offseason in 2001. I'm not sure who I would know this one. A catcher for the Cubs and a free agent. Because eventually they go to Soto, but prior to Soto. Oh, uh, um, father played for the Cubs. Yep. Oh, Hundley. Right track. Hundley, Hundley. Todd Hundley. Todd Hundley. There we go. All right. Wow. How about that? My poor mind. 2016. Four years, $56 million. This is me? Cubs, yes. Still Cubs. 2016. Four years. How much? $56 million. Dexter Fowler. I'm going... Four years was too long. I was off on that. Four years, fifty-six million for a Cubs player in twenty. What position? Would uh, give it away. Utility man. Oh, Ben, uh, ben Zobrist. Yeah. Ben, ben Zobrist sitting uh, sitting yeah. with people where you were. We just talked to him about the process yesterday. Okay. Can I get half credit on that? Yeah, sure. Twenty fifteen, two mm. years, five million. What position? I'm not gonna say. Uh two years two five. years five million in twenty fifteen. Cub signing. Uh John Lackey. Uh, good guess, but no. He didn't come there for a haircut. No, no, he didn't. Two years, but only five million. That's a small is, is it like Dexter Fowler? It's like backup no, catcher. No, money. no, no, yeah. Oh, he did you just give us a clue that he's a backup catcher? It's hmm. not Miggy Montero because it was within that. Is Miggy Montero? No. Miggy Montero was more than that. Uh, Man. Uh, Who is it? He made he made his more money with his next contract with the team, which came about four years later. Is it David Ross? It's David Ross. There uh, we go, Steve. Oh, uh, you're saying catcher. See what I'm saying? I eat I eat the, the Cinnabons for like two days, and my mind just goes to mush. 2007, Alfonso, so Alfonso Soriano. Uh, right in front of you. The answer is Soriano. Yes. Soriano is the answer. Before you guys can uh, keep on going, we've got uh, Scott Reifert, uh, head of media relations, talking to Chris Getz, uh, general manager for the White Sox, right in front of us. Does he want to come on the show? I mean, not with Scott Reifert right there. Probably you can't not ask him. <laughs> Just uh, get Chris in a, in a secret moment and say, hey, come on, uh, come on the show. All right, final one here. 2015, six years, $155 million. 2016, you said? Yep. Six years, what is it? $155 million. John Lester. There we go. Boop, boop, boop. That was for Corey Friedman. All right, White Sox part of the quiz. How many did I get right? I don't know. Two? No. Soriano. Dude, there's like legitimately probably 2,000 people in this ballroom oh right my. now. And they're all walking right past us. We were like literally by ourselves here for the entire... And they're all looking, what the hell is this? By the time this is over, they're going to call that room the COVID corral. I'll tell you one thing, too. It's not packing them in. It's not a pretty crowd. I'm gonna I'm gonna wave to Chris Getz if he turns around here. Nope, they just went into the book thing to make their draft picks. And this would uh I expect Chris Getz and the White Sox staff to have a player out of this rule five draft. If they don't, it'll be very disappointing. This is like worse than a frat party. The ratio here. Oh, all dudes. As uh, my guy Jason used to call it, a lot of hard legs here. A lot of hard legs. <laughs> all right. Chicago White Sox. Mm-hmm. 
start off with an easy one. 2022, five years, 75 million. That is the great Andy Benny Tindy, right? Oh, five yeah. years, 75 million. Yeah. Andy Benny Tindy. 2011, four years, 56 million. That is John Danks. Nope. 2011, four years, 56 million. Yep. Melky Cabrera. Nope. Jess Marja. What nope. was the year? Uh, 2011. Yeah. Chicago White Sox signing four years, 56 million. What position? Uh, DH. You could really count on him to hit 40 home runs. Adam Ball. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> Steven got Adam. Adam Dunn. I literally went to his first game in Cleveland where that he went had a home well. run. That went well. Yeah. 1981. Five years, 2.9 million. That is Carlton Fisk. There you go. 2005. Yep. One year, 2.5 million. I think it's good. Jermaine Dye? No. no. More than that. Um, AJ was a trade, I believe. No, it was a signing. Oh, was it AJ Brzezinski? AJ, AJ. Okay. I think. AJ Brzezinski. 2005. Yeah. Oh, two okay. years, 10.15 million. Can I go Jermaine Dye again? Jermaine Dye again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 1997, five years, 55 million. 1997. Oh, Albert Bell. Yep. Largest contract at the time, I believe. Um, Is that Tim Henry? It is Jim Henry in the house. I'm seeing him. Where is he? Right, right there. there. And I just walked past there. Oh, yeah. I see it. Saw the back of his head right there. 2020, four years, 73 million. 2020, four years, what? 73 million. Yes, Monte Grandal. Your guy. Yep. And the final question 2014, six years, 68 million. 2020, 2014? Yep. Four years, 60 million? 68 million. I'm going to go again with Melky Cabrera. Nope. God damn it. What position did he play? First base. Oh. Oh. Damn it. Jose Abreu. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so disappointed. Myself. Even I knew that one, Herb. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Myself. I think I might have at least held my own on that. Yeah. Maybe. It was kind of a fun little quiz. Yeah. I, I just, I just knew I game. wasn't going to be good at it. I, I did like seeing, like, okay – Seeing the, the the amount of signing, the, the amount of money that you know AJ Przinsky and David Ross signed for, and the Ross know, the impact that you know AJ Przinsky ended up didn't he he signed two deals after that one, hmm. so he ended up making his money. I mean he was he was in a tough spot after uh, Minnesota and San Francisco. Yes, so. he was. When you have a solid core, it should be easier to add pieces that can have an impact at a lower price, right? Yeah, obviously. And so, you know, adding Montero was under the radar for the Cubs turned out to be huge. Adding David Ross under the radar turned out to be huge. The White Sox had those guys too, but neither of the teams in town right now are at that level. They still need to be reeling in big fish first. Now, this is the most activity the winter meetings has ever this seen. Rule five, yeah. Ever. I'm telling you, there's free hot chicken in there or something. My goodness. It's a, <laughs> like a, a filled ballroom. It's like gushing out of the doors right in front of us. Yeah. And I don't know if they're picking up on the microphone because Steven's good at his job, but the conversation is just buzzing for who's going to get picked in the Rule 5 draft. 
it's not that exciting, guys. But everybody from the winter meetings is in the room right in front of us. I Ooh. thought everyone had gone home, but apparently I no. <laughs> like Luke said, there might be two thousand people in this room. How's our Wi-Fi doing, uh, Stephen? Actually, it looks really good right now. Good. That doesn't make sense. It does not. I would did assume tell, everyone's on Wi-Fi. Did you now. tell all these people to get off Wi-Fi? I did. Right yeah. when they walked in here, one by one, I yelled at them. Don't use the media get Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi. Need it for my stream. They, they pay right. attention. Do they think Taylor Swift is playing in there for lunch? That's how many like. Well, this wouldn't be the group for Taylor Swift. Time person of the year, Taylor Swift. Really? Noted Kansas City Chiefs fan. Yeah, that's right here. And, and she clapped back at the uh, fans who were giving her grief on the internet. Dad's, uh, Brad's, and Chad's. That's great. We have Love jinxed it. the internet connection, by the way. It's gone. All right, let's wrap it up here. <laughs> uh, before you go, make sure you check out the Die Hard sale, usually $79.99 through the end of the weekend. $59.99 to sign up. 20% off events, 20% off of merch, a free t-shirt every year, premium written content and newsletters at allchgo.com, and you get to support us so we can do cool things like come down to the winter meetings and do shows regardless of whether or not anything happens. So appreciate your support. Appreciate your future support. Uh, make sure you come back here at 2.30 for the White Sox show, 4 o'clock for the Cubs show as we wrap things up, and we'll talk about uh, any players they might have uh, either team might pick here in the rule five draft and maybe we'll have a sign here too oh right. not, not, not promising right oh it's uh ryan herrera oh ryan herrera okay. all right all right everyone <laughs> kevin kadick herb lawrence luke stuckmeyer talk to you guys soon <laughs> 